0: Australians are being treated like mushrooms by our federal and state governments. We have indefensible lockdowns in Victoria, unsupported by any medical evidence except for the appearance of one or two health sector figureheads. Our federal health minister, Greg Hunt, has stated he has no objection To These discredited lockdown measures, while all those charged with protecting our rights, including elected members of parliament, remain grossly uninformed about critical issues of vaccine safety and the costs of managing COVID-19. They are treated with the same contempt, their only difference being that no public servant has been deprived of their income or right to earn a living. Senator Malcolm Roberts, Queensland Senator for One Nation, tried valiantly in recent Senate hearings to get some basic facts from the most senior health bureaucrats, the Chief Medical Officer and the Head of the Therapeutic Goods Administration, otherwise known as the TGA. That's the agency responsible for regulating therapeutic goods, including the vaccines. It's a disgrace when basic questions on matters such as vaccine indemnity cannot be answered clearly. We know these people are smart and we know they are choosing their words wisely. But the fact remains that our Prime Minister and his minions continue to scare and bully Australians into vaccination without providing the hard cold facts that allow for informed consent. And worse still, are using lockdowns, border restrictions and vaccine passports to achieve their political ends without any regard for our liberties, our health or public finances. It's all about politics, folks, and it's despicable. Senator Roberts, thanks once again for joining us.
1: You're welcome, Mike. Always a pleasure with you because I know you just tell the truth and you're fearless.
0: Everybody's opinion is legitimate and um, censorship ain't got a place uh, in society the way it is, but it's just ramping up and getting worse and worse. Now, speaking about censorship, uh, you questioned Australian officials recently, including Chief Medical Officer Paul Kelly and the head of the Therapeutic Goods Association, Dr John Skerritt, in Senate Estimates, did they properly explain what the pharmaceutical makers are indemnified against?
1: Well, no. They they hedged around the question quite a bit. Uh, they claimed that they're not indemnified against anything, but then they then they um, said that uh, they're not they are indemnified against uh, poor application of the of the injections, and then they fudged and hedged around and. You know, Mike, when you when we're in Senate Estimates, there's a, t- there's a time pressure to get as many questions through as we can. So I, sometimes I'm thinking about the answer, listening to the answer, thinking about the next question, thinking about how, how to frame it and so on. So I can't always pay 100%, 100% attention, but we've had a number of people call in and say that he didn't answer the question at all. Now, he did answer it slightly, but um, what I want to know, and we'll be following this up on Senate Estimates' questions on notice, are you holding... Uh, are you holding the big pharmaceuticals indemnified against adverse effects? So we'd be much more specific next time. I was not happy with the answer to the first question. Uh, in answer to your question, I wasn't happy.
0: Is Parliament satisfied that the public is sufficiently aware of the safety of these experimental vaccines?
1: Mike, Parliament is living in pixie land. It's living in pixie land, as I've said many times, on many, many issues. There's very low accountability. Without Pauline to me there'd be no serious accountability in that place on, on many, many issues. Um, Greg Hunt himself, when he had the jab, he had cellulitis and was hospitalised either later that day or, or early the next day. Uh, nothing to see here. Uh, Parliament is just saying get on with the vaccine. They're making a game out of it, Liberal and Labour Party, making a game out of trying to hold the government accountable and dodge accountability over the vaccine rollout. Notice how the debate has not shifted to shifted, uh, notice how the debate has shifted from or completely bypassed, whether or not it's, it's plausible, whether or not it's safe, whether or not it's viable, whether or not it's it's, it's ethical to how soon are we gonna do it? That's what's missing in parliament, honest debates about this. I raised this in, on many occasions, but we've not had the debate on that. So uh, parliament is living in pixie land, they're deluded and, and parliament, just does not understand what's going on.
0: Government uh, led by a great, great leader, um, Mr. Morrison, uh, talked about the importance of vaccine safety monitoring. Oh, I thought you meant Fauci. <laughs> no, no, he's he's over there. He's he's actually the world leader of deceit. But anyway, that's right. an, that's another story, and I can probably say that and get away with it. But I'll I'll let you uh, just to nod your head and smile.
1: Uh, I, I no, he, he's been caught out. He is a dreadful person. Else. You'll, you'll notice something else, Mike. I'm sure you're aware of this: that we've been, people in Australia and, and America, have been shut down and banned and posts taken down by Facebook and Google, uh, YouTube, for mentioning things like that. And they've done that. And the ABC has ridiculed people, and and the claims that it, that the uh, there's a connection between the US and Fauci and, and Wuhan uh, virality. Vir- Institute of Virology and the lab there, oh no, it's nothing to see here go away. Now mm. Fauci is, is, is explaining it in his emails and he's been exposed. Mm. Do we get any apologies?
0: No. We had Del Bigtree on uh, about probably uh, four, say six weeks ago and it was his company that uh, did all this work with his emails. So we, um, you know, we were very privileged to be uh, speaking with him and prior to that we knew from other sources that Fauci had in fact provided $3.8 million to, uh, for the gain-of-function testing or whatever in the lab in Wuhan. Now it even comes out that more has been uh, donated via uh, another party, something about $38 million. So it is all unravelling.
1: Um, yeah, Mike, I want to congratulate you for the work you're doing. You're, you're interviewing some absolutely phenomenal people, really high credibility, solid people, do- doctors, senior doctors um, and politicians who, who are exposing this scam. Uh, and Well done. Good on you, man.
0: Well, it's, I suppose it's just about the truth, isn't it? I mean, it, you know, I just want to ask the questions. If I talk to a scientist like uh, uh, the eminent uh, Dr. Peter McCullough or uh, Professor yeah. Dolores Cahill, a um, uh, whole bunch of them, I mean, yeah, th- they tell us what they know. Um, I'm not going to argue with them, but it seems like that the, uh, the bureaucrats uh, in this country and other countries, but say this country, they know more. In fact, Google is our medical advisor, our chief medical advisor now is Google and YouTube, and they know more than what these, these scientists are saying. So what they're saying is they're wackos, they've got no credibility. It's pretty interesting that these people were, according to everybody, prior to them saying you guys are lying, were the top in the world. So yeah. by, you know, maybe, maybe there was a solstice of some sort that made them less intelligent and less truthful, just, just like that.
1: Well, you you and I are very similar in in many ways. We both detest injustice. We both detest unfairness. We both detest dishonesty and deceit. And we we, we want to hold people to account. Um, And and if you you look at the uh, the virus, uh, sorry, the vaccine, I keep swapping those words, the vaccine that's being rolled out or the vaccines that are being rolled out in this country, um, the chief medical officer, the the TGA, cannot say that they're 100% safe. They, they, They admit that you can that the person who has the jab can still transmit the jab uh, the virus can still get the virus can still be sick so and and they can't say anything about removing the restrictions on our lives and bringing the lives back to normal but that's they're selling us on, on 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 the on the well they're not selling me but they're they're selling the population generally in the parliament uh, on on the vaccine but what's going to change nothing nothing at all the only thing that's happening is that we are giving we are giving healthy people with minimal chance of being hurt by this virus something that could hurt them seriously and even kill them. Since when in human history have we had healthy people being given a dose of something without informed consent and that could kill them? That's, that's just
0: despicable. It's the way of the, uh, of the world at the moment, and you've got to ask yourself why. I mean, I I got a a comment from someone a while back and said, you need to always ask why. Uh, A guy called Glenn Beck in the US said that he tells his children, if they say, don't read that, don't look at that video about, say, COVID, for example, you say, why not? And you do it at the moment. I mean, science is based around a sharing of ideas. At the moment, there is no sharing of ideas. The advertising campaign from big tech and the government is just enormous. Uh, all the uh, mainstream media uh, is just rolling along with the flow, taking the the petties, and probably down the track will be liable for for all of the damage that we will not enjoy in a couple of years' time. I mean, it's a it's an experimental vaccine. It's it's, well, it's only been going for six months. Well, well let, let, me, let me tell you what, what um,
1: the Minister for Health in this country, Greg Hunt, has said, quote, on the Insiders program, the world is engaged in the largest clinical vaccination trial. So when anyone asks me, am I going to take the jab? No, definitely not. I am not a lab rat. That's it, not doing it. And, and uh, uh, neither will my family, because there are so many unknown consequences. I asked the question, as, as you know, of the, uh, the officials, the TGA, the chief medical officer, the, the secretary of the Department of Health. Do you know the consequences of this intergenerationally? No, we don't. What the hell are you doing?
0: Mm. It's experimental. Look, but you know what I have to say? And it really is very, very scary. They're winning. Like the COVID-19 vaccine digital certificate, a.k.a. the vaccine passport, is here for Australians. Now, Australians who are fully vaccinated against COVID-19 will receive a certificate paving the way for governments and businesses to enforce tough rules on those who are not inoculated. Now, Malcolm, the Nuremberg Code states the voluntary consent of the human subject is absolutely essential. So isn't the vaccine certificate coercion and isn't it illegal in most countries to force someone into taking an experimental vaccine.
1: Mike, as I understand it, it doesn't have to have, have to be experimental. I cannot force anything into your body. I cannot force you to take anything. No government can force anyone to do anything with regard to taking in a drug, taking in a treatment. And, and that is completely wrong. That's the first thing. The second thing is that a digital passport, a vaccine passport is the typical spin, lovely words. What it really is, is a digital prison, a vaccine prison. If you don't get the jab that the government wants to shove into your arm and into your body and right through your body, then you won't be able to have a work, won't be able to have a job in certain industries. You won't be able to travel on certain airlines. You won't be able to get access to certain venues. That's where the thin end of the wedge is. They want to control us. And this is all about control. It's about ignorance. Hiding behind the word science, but not not the science itself, and trying to control people. And what you know, I asked the question of, of the TGA: Why are we approving? Or on what basis do we approve provisional give provisional approvals to these experimental vaccines? And he said, "You cannot. You, you can give provisional approval. That means it hasn't gone through the testing process. It doesn't gone through the proper approval process. Notice that." But you can, give a, you can give provisional approval to something if there's no competitor in the same type of medicine. In other words, if there's no other vaccine. Well, that raises a couple of questions. So when before the first vaccine came out, there were no other vaccines. Once the first vaccine came out, there was a vaccine. So what are they approving two, three, and four vaccines for? The second thing is, in America, as I understand it, you, you can't give a provisional approval unless there's no other treatment And that's why they're squashing ivermectin and squashing hydroxychloroquine because they are proven to be effective treatments and cures and prophylactics against the coronavirus. So the third question it raises is what the hell is the the health minister doing in not getting off his backside and actually uh, getting ivermectin approved, processed and approved immediately anyway without any sponsor? So, um, you know, the, the, the... the therapeutic goods administrator, he, he did say to me that ivermectin, if someone put in an application with a sponsor and it has to be a company, then he will give it priority. Well, that's good to know, but why aren't they doing that themselves when, when ivermectin is proven to be saving hundreds of thousands of lives around the world, proven in over 248, 258 uh, medical medical papers We know that ivermectin is safe. It's got a seven, it's got a 60 year, six decade history with Nobel Prize too. 3.7 billion doses and no fatalities, Mm. no serious side effects anywhere that we're aware of. Um, we know that it's low cost. We also know that it's now been proven, proven effective against, against COVID. So it's effective. It's cheap and it's completely safe, but they won't let us use it. And they're blackballing doctors and threatening doctors if they do prescribe it.
0: It's, it's absolutely disgusting. We're living, I mean, I'd hate to use this word, but we're living, uh, I won't mention Nazi Germany, but we are living in a country that resembles very much like China. And that you must believe the, the narrative, what the government says. And if you have any other view, you're going to be uh, pushed aside and, and run over. And I've got to tell you, I mean, I, I'm really, really angry about this, Malcolm. I know this is your bit here, but I'm really angry at the, the bullying and the lies and the contempt for the Australian and the world public citizens and making them take a vaccine, an experimental vaccine that no one, no one in the entire world knows what's going to happen in two years time, three years time. No one knows it.
1: They don't even know now, Mike, mm. because some people are having side effects. There have been 210 reported deaths associated with this vaccine. Yep. One confirmed out of those 210. But that just means they've fully tested that and found that, that one, they can confirm that one death. The other 209 are only reported at the moment. They haven't been confirmed as due to the vaccine. But they happened after the vaccine. Now, they may have been due to old age or some uh, some comorbidity. We don't know. Mm. But 210 people have died after getting the injection. Why, why do they wait 90 days before reporting the number of deaths following the vaccine? Why have there been thousands of deaths in the United States? Why have they been, on the other hand, walking back the figures in in, I think it's Britain or Europe and in in America, California, that's right, sorry, it was California, they've been dramatically reducing the number of deaths due to COVID when when they've gone in to examine whether or not whether or not they actually were comorbidities or COVID was the actual killer of of someone. So we've we've seen the the deaths from vaccines suppressed and silenced. We've seen the the deaths from COVID wildly exaggerated. And we've seen, above all, enormous cures and low mortality rates wherever ivermectin has been used. And yet our health officials will not let us use ivermectin.
0: And uh, also hydroxychloroquine has got some stunning results too. So... um, you know, it's. I, I, I think about, and I, I spoke to uh, Dr. Pierre Corey, and um, I have to tell you, he I, I well up very, very quickly when I talk about what he told told us. He said that, you know, around Christmas they have this this cure. Ivermectin is a cure. Okay, the, it's just pure politics, pigheadedness, and the financial gain from uh, big pharma involved here. But he's telling us. That just after Christmas, he had pains in his chest. He said, What are we doing to people? What are we doing to civilization? Peter McCullough said uh, that history will look back on what is being done now as an, ab- an abhorrent uh, episode and uh, a very dark time in, in, uh, in the history of mankind. What are we doing to the future?
1: Of our, of our civilization. Mm. What are we doing to the future generations? We haven't got a clue what it's doing to us, mm. let alone what it'll do to our kids mm. and what it'll do to our grandkids and, and the progeny from then on. Mm. I mean, that, that's despicable. You can't do stuff like that. But mm. uh, No, sorry. You shouldn't do stuff like that, but they're doing it. The yep. government has got three roles, protect life, protect property, protect freedom. They have been killing people, they have been stealing their assets, and they have been inhibiting people. Always... Control beneath control, there is fear. They are they are suppressing freedom by controlling people. They are hiding things, which is another form of control. Censoring things, another form of control. Punishing things for that are that are not a breach of the law, which is which is control. Always beneath control, there is fear. These people are afraid of being caught, and I think they're lining the pockets of Big Pharma because while while ever well, Mike, let's 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 face up to it. Ivermectin. If we if we gave people or doses of that liberally at at their own will we could end this overnight
0: Mm, it's not going to happen
1: no because big pharma um, is making a lot of money out of this and and if you look at the fines of the four major uh, vaccine manufacturers they've been fined billions not not thousands of dollars billions of dollars and and hundreds of millions of dollars for, for several incidents you just have a look. I, I haven't got them with me, but I rattled them off in, in uh, Senate estimates. The four big companies have been fined billions for, for, for misleading people.
0: Has the Morrison government been transparent about its interest in vaccine passports for Australians? I think not. And I think it goes further than just being a vaccine passport. The unwashed over one side, you can't do much in life except you know, crawl into a hole and die. And on the other side... You're going to be lauded with being able to enjoy the freedoms that you used to have. But there are conditions on your freedoms. So are the vaccine passports more nefarious than what they're saying?
1: Yes, they are. They're, they're, if Mike, if you or I have to get permission to do something, to get permission to, to freely do something, then we are not free. It's that simple. If you have to get permission from a government to do something, or make it con- the government makes it conditional, that's not freedom. By definition, that is not freedom. And the Morrison government is a, is about spin and control of people. It's about spin of the message, hiding facts. There are so many areas where I can I can discuss right now. They're hiding things, uh, and 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 they're just doing it through spin. Um, They're not the least bit interested in freedom. They pretend to be liberals, but they're not liberals at all.
0: Okay, we get the jab. um, We get our passport. The question is, why do we need a vaccine passport if the vaccines are so effective? Well, that's just it, isn't it? They're not effective. So the the chief medical
1: officer, uh, Professor Paul Kelly, the TGA, uh, the secretary for health, um, Brendan Murphy, they all admitted that we will still be liable. If, if anyone gets the jab, they'll still be uh, potentially catch. They can still be, catch, uh, they can still catch the virus. They can still transmit the virus to other people. So what is the point? Yep. Some people say there's reduced risk of, of, uh, of illness. Okay, but you're still transmitting it to other people. Hmm. And then we've got, as I said a little while ago, it's hard to beat this argument. We have got a, a virus that is only killing people in certain areas. They can be treated in, in certain groups small, small, small groups. Even the, the, uh, the Secretary of, of health in, in our, in our, the health Department secretary, Brendan Murphy, admitted this in his responses to my questions I noticed from March, admitted that for most people, the virus is very mild. We know that for many people, they're asymptomatic. They don't even have symptoms. So it's not going to hurt most people. For the few people, and it is a very small population group uh, that, that have serious effects, we can treat them with ivermectin to keep them um, immune, immune to the consequences, mm. immune to, this, to the, to the uh, effects of the virus, completely safely. The rest of the population, we can give them ivermectin and, and, um, and, and keep them safe and, and, and stop the virus in its tracks but we're now giving, instead of a proven, safe, affordable drug, we're now giving an experimental virus, a vaccine rather, to people who are healthy and making them sick. Mm. This is insane. We're even killing them. Mm. This is insane. Never before has that happened.
0: Tell me this, Malcolm. The uh, government loves to control. It's been fairly hard until, um, I think, March last year. Then things turned for the worse than they could control. Um, now supposedly the Alleluia experimental vaccine is going to make them impervious to to coronavirus. So if that was the case then supposedly we have a just get back to being normal. Then why would the Morrison government have budgeted for 12 lockdowns uh, in the next 12 months? Um, So either the other side of Take the vaccine, get well, be safe, live normally, or oh, be nice. It just doesn't pass. Now, you've travelled out back Queensland. There's probably another description of this, but I'll just say it doesn't pass the pub test, does it?
1: No, not at all. Um, now, I, I can't verify your, your your figures with regard to the budget. But if that's the case, then, then the Morrison government is doing two things. One is it's encouraging the states to go on capricious lockdowns mm. and those capricious lockdowns are unjustified. Um, they're not backed by data and they're destroying our economy. That's the first thing. The second thing is that it's a violation of our, the basic intent and foundation of our constitution because our constitution is based on competitive federalism. What we've now got in this country is competitive welfareism. Instead of the states competing to be more efficient and, and to be more productive with their government policies, they're now competing to see how much they can shut down. South Australia gets more from GST from other states than it pays from its own GST collections by a long, long way. It has become dependent upon the other states. That's why South Australia was able to smash its own electricity sector on, on the crazy notion of in of, um unreliables, as I call them, not renewables, unreliables. Mm. And we paid for that experiment. What they're doing with this COVID vaccine is they're saying to the states, go and shut down your state. We'll pay for it, meaning the rest of the taxpayers in the country will pay for it. There's no accountability whatsoever. Now, last March, uh, sorry, March 2020, on the 23rd of March, it was a Monday in, in Canberra in 2020, we passed the Job Seeker. In April, we passed Job Job Keeper. On both occasions, I stood up and I said to the Morrison government, we are treating this because of the, fatali- the, the fatalities overseas in Italy as, as, a, as a serious issue. We don't have the data yet, but we're treated as a serious issue. We're waving it all through. But we will hold you accountable. We want you to come up with a plan based on data. They still have not done that. And I pointed that out to the um, Therapeutic Goods Administrator, the Chief Medical Officer and the, the Secretary for Health Um we have had plenty of opportunity. I've even I've even said to the chief medical officer and at that time the deputy chief medical officer uh, in March 2021 in Senate estimates, confirm for me please whether or not these make up a plan for managing the virus, managing the virus. First of all, lockdowns, but they should only be used initially to get control of a virus. So, Mike, that means that if any state and by the way, the World Health Organization, the corrupt, incompetent, dishonest World Health Organization, even it now sees lockdowns as as, as, um, as uh, counterproductive, because it's saying you should only use a lockdown to get control of the virus. That means by definition, if a state uses a lockdown, it hasn't got control of the virus. They're not managing the virus. The virus is managing the state. So that's the first one, lockdowns. The second one is uh, restrictions in terms of um, uh, things like masks and social distancing, those kinds of things. The third one is testing, tracing, and quarantining. Wherever that's been applied properly around the world, they've had a magnificent response to managing the virus. The fourth factor is the use of cures or prophylactics, things like ivermectins, antivirals. Proven, safe, affordable. The, The fifth one is vaccines if they are safe and proven safe and given complete approval of complete safety. That has not occurred, but they're using them. The sixth one was one that the chief medical officer added, and that is personal behaviour. And I said, what do you mean by that? Well, things like hand washing and hygiene. Okay, okay, I get that. I added a seventh one this time, and the chief medical officer confirmed that it's valid. We should be looking at making sure that we get our population healthy and and fit and, and well. Because we know that people with comorbidities, particularly obesity, are vulnerable to this. How much have you seen on those seven factors? The only one we've seen talk of is lockdowns and and vaccine. We have not got a complete comprehensive plan for managing this virus. We have never have had. If we had a simple plan, this would have been fixed within months.
0: It's really interesting. Uh, it's been a great conversation. A good strong cup of tea after this, let me tell you. But, <laughs> but the, the, um, it's interesting the, what we're talking about um, and what others have tried to do. They've been shut down by every every avenue out there just about. There are some that you can get around. Uh, but they're saying that basically we're talking rubbish. Next, they'll be telling us that there are UFOs and that there was voter fraud in the in the US. I mean, when's it going to stop? Oh, hang on. They've said there's UFOs and there is voter fraud. So anyway, we live in a pretty, you uh, know, pretty, um, it's a horrible world. It's Mike, just a and, horrible world.
1: Yeah, and, and it's, it's all due to government. Governments have been co-opted now to be the vehicle for control. Governments have been the, the vehicle for, co-opted for, for, to become the vehicle for stealing money out of our pockets. Mm. Um, you know, we, we have... Uh, basically paper-based elections, ballots Mm. in in this country, except for the Senate and except for the upper house in New South Wales where preferences are allocated widely. Now, we're supposed to have electronic software. We do have electronic software for allocating those preferences. In March, Senate estimates, I asked the Australian Electoral Commission, have they been audited? And it turns out, yes, according to the AEC. Mm. Who did it? The signal, Australian Signals Directorate are really part of the defence and they're part of the cyber, cyber security mm. uh, defence system in, in this country. We asked them the question. No, we didn't. So we asked more questions of the Australian Electoral Commission and we found out they're contradicting themselves. Mm. There's a lot of stuff we need to delve into deeper. We'll be deeping into, delve, diving into that much more mm. deeply in this country with regard to our election, the lack of security, the lack of um auditing and and the, the lack of basic checks for not only the, the software and the way it's applied but also the hardware that can be left on and we've had someone in this country actually go in and hack uh, election results they did it deliberately as part of a test and they got in like that mm. so how can we live under in under the under the delusion that we are being represented by people who are duly elected and properly elected. We can't. And then once these people get into parliament, they can't assure us that they will protect us. Instead, they will steal uh, steal from us and they will also harm us and um, and they will destroy our freedoms. That's not governance. No. That's, that's robbery.
0: Just uh, finally, I, I think that person that was caught hacking, was that Keane in New South Wales? I'm not too sure. I mean, <laughs> how else would he have got in? Um, look, great great talking, great conversation. My, I can hear the kettle in the background for my strong cup of tea. I hope you enjoy one too. Uh, Senator Malcolm Roberts, thanks for that vibrant and uh, illuminating conversation.
1: And I, I'll leave you with one word. I'm sorry, with one, with one quote from Greg Hunt, the minister, Federal Minister for Health, The world is engaged in the largest clinical vaccination trial. Do not be a lab rat.
0: And that's it for Asia Pacific Today. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Mike Ryan.